to the Salted Carmel podcast from Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Parish, where we talk about sharing individual faith stories. I'm Jody Curtis, a parishioner, and with me is my only friend from South Dakota, my co-host, David Cook, the stewardship director at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. David, who's our guest today? Well, us South Dakotans don't really like to leave our home, but I got forced out of here. And so our guest today is Maria Bedford. She's actually my mother-in-law. Maria, do you want to tell us about yourself? So as David said, my name is Maria Bedford, and I am a cradle Catholic. I'm married to Brian uh, for almost 30 years, and we have nine children. How long have you guys been at the parish? We've been at the parish for 21 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. We've, we moved around a lot before we came here. My husband's in the airline industry, so we always thought it was our goal to get back to Florida, which is at both of our homes. And then we came here and became parishioners at Our Lady Mount Carmel, and that's become our family. So nice. now we've had a few opportunities to move back to Florida, and we've turned them down to stay here. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. And Maria, I know you've been a very consistent volunteer in the parish. Can you tell our listeners some of the ministries that you've served in over the years? Well, for about, I don't know, maybe 13, 14 years, I ran the mother's group called um, Mothers for Children. And I just gave that up about four years ago. I gave that up. And I did that for a long time. And I received more out of that ministry than I gave, for sure. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah. So we we tried a couple different formats, but what worked best was um, no homework for the moms. They just show up and they hear a speaker on any topic. It could be a faith-related topic, a um, parenting topic, nutrition. We just kind of covered the gamut. And we provided child care, which was really important for moms with young children especially, nice. um, to be able to get filled up so that they can then go home and take care of their families. So, yeah, we had many, many priests come and share different things, um, Lives of the Saints, Liturgy of the Hours, and um, things like that. We've done the landscape ministry. Mm-hmm. For years, we had the plot, the St. Anne plot over by the playground because then our kids could play on the playground when they got there tired go. of working. <laughs> <laughs> so, very efficient. And it was, it was located right in front of the old rectory. So mm-hmm. if anybody's been here that long, the rectory was right behind the St. Anne's, um, kind of where the rosary garden is now. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm using hand gestures like anybody can see them. <laughs> 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 so we did that for years, and then we had to give that up. I don't remember why, but... Um, Actually, on and off over the years at Merciful Help Center, but with COVID, they really wanted to try to control their volunteers and not expose a lot of people there. So they contacted our family to see if our family could serve a couple times right during, um, I think it was during Holy Week. And so they knew we had a lot of people so we could all go and not expose different, you know, like having one person from one family, another person from another family Mm -hmm. serve together. So I just got roped in in a really awesome way. And now I love serving there. So I serve there Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it's it, that too is such a blessing. Every time I go there, nice. something different happens that is a, a blessing to me. I know that you you said you were a cradle Catholic, but do you remember a time in your life ever where Christ was not a part of your life? Yeah, even though we weren't, we were cradle Catholics. We were like the cre- we call them priesters. You know, you go to yeah, yeah, church on Christmas and Easter. So. Although we did receive all of our sacraments, we did not attend Mass weekly, and I never remember praying at home, 
talking about faith at home. We did go to CCD, it was called at that time, religious education. So we did not go to Catholic schools. And so very, very, very little catechism at home, which you know, I can't blame my parents for because my dad was a young parent and wasn't educated in the faith very well. And then my mom was a convert. And back then, converting was you read a book and you're Catholic. <laughs> yeah. So um, there, was no, there was no formal process like we have now with yeah, our CIA. So they didn't, they, I, you know, they did the best they could with what they knew. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, I grew up all that time without really much faith, even though we received the sacraments. So we lived in Minnesota before yeah. we lived here. And um, so we, were, we started attending Mass more regularly when we started having children, of course. I think here that happens a lot with people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had our first son baptized and then started going to Mass a little bit more. And then um, we taught baptism classes at our parish uh-huh. where our first son was born in Georgia. So, you know, they were kind of desperate then. <laughs> they were asking us <laughs> to do baptism classes. <laughs> So, um, and there the the priest didn't have a housekeeper or somebody that that helped them with meals, so I coordinated all the meals for the priests. So I was even doing ministry back then when I wasn't even very well catechized. But um, anyways, at our parish in Minnesota, they started degendering God. And Mm -hmm. so it wasn't our Father who art in heaven, it was our God who art in heaven. And then they were letting women proclaim the gospel and the homilies. Wow. And so Brian and I were like, um, this is kind of weird. So even we knew something was wrong. So when we moved here, Father Richard prompted us and um, challenged us to go to um, Christ Renews' parish. And that's really when our, I call it the reconversion, happened. And and I couldn't get enough of the faith, learning about Mm -hmm. different things. I couldn't believe how much I didn't know. Like, I didn't even know about the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah. Until Chirp. So, yeah, that was really... So you'd say that that would be your concrete moment, your life-changing moment? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you still get to meet with that Chirp group? Yeah, those those are some of my best friends right now still. Yeah, 21 years later. Man, Chirp is just, it's just just that parish's rock bed or something. Right. (laughs) Like, it's unreal. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) right. And what is your life like in Christ now? Well, I guess rock bed is, is, yeah. a, good, <laughs> is a good statement um, because everything we do, it revolves around Christ. You know, our parenting, our friendships, mm-hmm. service, uh, many discussions, home discussions, uh, disciplining our children, all of it revolves around Christ. Well, you mentioned having uh, nine children and then your parenting revolves around Christ. What kind of uh, ways do you try to bring your children up in the faith? Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't like the the term punishing your children. I like to use the word disciplining more because it's it has the word disciple in it. And mm-hmm. we're, that's what we're really trying to do is disciple our children nice. to to grow up, to be Christ-like leaders of their, their own faith and leading others to the faith. So I, you know, I guess just trying to keep them educated so using using daily teaching moments to bring in formal education in the faith well I know yeah. a lot of examples because I, I get to see you guys for the last four years <laughs> and so I remember getting getting my shoes on and the the kids were getting ready for school and you're going through the saint of the day and then I remember Gianna like having doing something wrong to Amelia and then you're just like so Gianna, do you see how that makes it her feel when you, I see it all the time. I think the, the faith of your guys' family and now my family is really what was attractive 
about coming into it. So coming from not being raised a lot to having it be such a strong identity of your family has been awesome to see. One thing that we try to teach them, like if they are doing something that's hurtful to the other one, we say that God gave you siblings for a reason, to love, to help, and to have fun with. And so those are the things. Is that loving? Is that helpful? Or is it fun? No, then don't do it. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess maybe it's, there's many small ways that Mm -hmm. I don't even really realize that I'm doing just by drawing in little aspects of our faith. Right. And what, uh, Maria, you mentioned briefly about Elena's uh, having a stroke, your your daughter. How did that impact your your faith and the healing of her? So right before Elena had a, her, the stroke, um, I was really kind of in a little personal spiritual crisis myself mm-hmm. because our family was having some difficulties in one particular way, and and I. I am ashamed to say that I was really questioning. And um, and I remember being in the chapel and just saying, Lord, are you really, is it really you? Mm-hmm. And um, and so then that night, that very night was the night that Elena had the stroke. Wow. And she was completely paralyzed. And I was like, really, God? Yeah. <laughs> this was not really the sign I was looking for. Like I wanted the, you know, the, the flashing neon light that says, I'm here. <laughs> so... Um, but through that whole process, um, through Elena being paralyzed and told that she would never, ever um, walk again or use her arms again to her, to her um, recovery and healing, I was shown Jesus Christ himself in every person that I encountered mm-hmm. that ministered to me from um, the doctors to the custodians to the nurses mm-hmm. to my, my own daughter, Elena, who, um, who taught me during different moments, different things in our faith. So Deacon Rahill, we were blessed to have Deacon Rahill come and pray over Elena and Deacon Ben, or um, uh, Father Ben at at 86th Street came and prayed over her too. And um, so I saw through Elena's healing, that, that big, the big thing of Elena's healing, God showing me that he is real. And then, um, it, we saw how Helena's healing led other people to come back to the faith or to believe in the first place because mm-hmm. word got out and so many people were praying for her. And we did a Caring Bridge site, and so I would write into the Caring Bridge site every once in a while and um, share what was going on. And people were, were sharing their testimonies back to me, wow. which um, you know, it, it was kind of that, that circular effect of mm-hmm. where I was sharing and ministering to them and then they were filling me back up. So, um, do you want to say some details about Elena's stroke? Like the, the actual, she was supposed to be paralyzed. But. Yeah. So she was 21 and there was no known reason. Um, all the tests were negative. So there's no reason why she had the stroke. Besides your prayer. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I say that the Lord used the breaking of my own child to um, to bless me, which oh, wow. is kind of a, I mean... A bittersweet. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So sh- the doctor said that she would remain quadriplegic forever, mm-hmm. and, um, and w- they were giving us some hospitals out in the east that we could go to to take her to. And so uh, we just, we prayed for a miracle of healing for her through the intercession of um, Mother Angelica. And uh, we, because of Mother Angelica, 
she too had um, paralysis when she was younger, and she prayed the St. Therese Novena um, for her healing, and she indeed was healed also. So we, um, so we prayed for, through the intercession of Mother Angelica, we prayed the St. Therese Novena also. So, um, so yeah, we feel like she was, um, mm-hmm. she was divinely healed, and she is walking, and she does everything that she really needs yeah. to or wants to do. She now has, she's proposed. Yeah, and now she's yeah. going to be married. Yeah, she's, okay. oh, mm-hmm. and she's going to be married uh, um, April 10th of next yep. year. Oh, so, how exciting. Yeah, super exciting. So four years later, what a difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. At what moment in her crisis did you realize that it wasn't like another cross, but it was like the Lord showing you that he's always been there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there a specific moment, or was it kind of just gradual? Yeah, I think it was more gradual. I don't know. I I don't know that it was a specific moment, except for maybe when she started moving. You know, she's it was a slow process over the course of days where she started moving like her pinky a little bit, and then it slowly went up her arm. She had some movement. So, I think that was the moment where I thought they the doctor said she would never move again, and. Mm. We're praying all these prayers, and here she is. Yeah. God is working. So that was the twinkle, and then it was the. It, I think it gradually was, you know, different um, people that God placed in our life yeah. over that course yeah. of time. Yeah. I remember reading every single one of those Caring Bridge stories that you and Brian wrote, and and praying for her myself, mm-hmm. and. Um, just it was such a beautiful moment to to view that from the outside i guess but i remember you kind of came through that with a quote that you followed the onward boldly yeah 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 that quote is um i say it many times a day so one of my favorite saints is saint joan of arc and i don't know if you've ever seen that her the most recent movie that's been made on her it's it's a little bit older i think it might be 10 12 15 years old maybe it's not formed no it's okay. not unformed i don't think it's unformed mm, okay. if it isn't if it is that would be cool exactly. i'll have to look and let you know yeah yeah but it's it's such a good movie it's really long it's like 3 hours long so mm. we have to break it up for a couple 2 3 nights to watch it with our family cuz the kids get tired <laughs> but it's so good and it just shows you what a warrior he, she was for for our faith and yeah. She was inspired by the saints, St. Saint Catherine of Siena and St. Michael. Mm-hmm. And um, and so here is a saint herself looking to other saints, what we should be doing, right? And so I, I, just, I just picture, you know, me during these difficult times with the, the struggle we had before Elena's stroke and then, and then her paralysis and what we went through. I just mm-hmm. picture you know, being that warrior mm-hmm. for Christ and, and the church and for our faith. And so that's become my saying is onward boldly. So when things get tough, yeah. you know, I feel like uh, I quit. <laughs> I give up. I can't do this anymore. And then I think, what would Joan do? Yeah. <laughs> she would keep going. So Joan, Joan and I are on first name basis, <laughs> or at least I am with her. I don't know. She, might, know. she might call me something else. <laughs> and alternatively, at that, at that same summer, the during a Elena's stroke, it was because of, that was the same summer I met Olivia down in Florida. Yeah. And so so. it was because of Elena's support and strength that Olivia did not fly back. Yeah. But I was able to continue my relationship with her and build that. And so if Elena really needed Olivia and the family really needed Olivia, I would have never 
have been part of the family. Yeah, that was such so. a hard, difficult moment as mm. a mom is that we knew Olivia desperately wanted to be here, but she made a commitment to be a nanny down mm. in Florida for Focus, mm. for a Focus um, missionary who had children. And so they were depending on her to take care of their children while they did their training during the summer. So. So Olivia had just gotten down there when Elena had their stroke, uh-huh. and yeah. um, and so David was down there on training, mm-hmm. and um, so Olivia, cr- she cried so many times. Please let me come home. Please let uh, me come home. And we just said, No, you have a, you have a commitment and responsibility, and wow. you have to stay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Ben, like David said, if she wasn't there, mm-hmm. then they probably would never have met so yeah that too is divinely inspired exactly (laughs) i love it total obedience (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome well here at uh salted caramel we are trying to redeem the phrase staying salty which means for most millennials being sassy Mm -hmm. um so we're trying to make it sound like how are you staying a good disciple how are you staying faithful so how are you staying salty this week Mm. Well, um, I don't know how salty it is, but continuing to go to daily mass. That's um, salty. Yeah. And, um, and I really, have, I think, feel like the Lord has grown a heart of compassion in me with all that I've been through. So sometimes he'll place people in my life that he wants me to reach out to. And so I get a little nudging to, you know, say something to somebody. So um, I had an encounter earlier this week where I just felt like I noticed somebody who was a little sad. And so I just went up to them after mass and asked if there's anything I could pray for them for. Uh-huh. And um, and then the tears started coming from this person mm-hmm. and they shared a really difficult thing that they were going through. And um, so I feel like, you know, meeting people where they are mm-hmm. and that I was given that opportunity to do that, to do that this week too, so. Yeah. Wow. Nice. And what a, we like to leave our listeners with the call to action and what a beautiful example that is of uh, not only just praying for others, but also reaching out to others who might be in need of our prayers, of our conversation, Mm -hmm. and of our support. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that with us. I also think a good call to action could be to tag on, would be uh, to just take some time to look at your relationship with the Eucharist because it seems like that's a big point in your life of how staying close to God and literally receiving him in the Eucharist is the closest you can stay is the most most armor we can put on ourselves mm-hmm. you know Joan. yeah Joan of Arc yeah. exactly yeah. so we need to put on the armor of light and that's the Eucharist so yeah. and praying for others so before we end with our prayer how about we also remind people to stay salty and go onward boldly Let's end with a prayer. God, our Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit, I might hear the call of the new evangelization to deepen my faith, grow in confidence to proclaim the gospel, and boldly witness to the saving grace of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening today and stay salty.